Welcome, everybody. It's time to meet our community, the Hispanic business community here in Orange County. Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center with our host, John Gutierrez. Hey, John. Hey, everybody. Thank you very much. Welcome, everybody, to our community podcast show again, where our community is your community, powered by Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, John Gutierrez, founder of OC Hospice and also a board member at Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Today's special guest is Mr. John Amador. He's the chairman of our Hispanic Chamber of Commerce board, and he's also the vice president at U.S. Bank. And he's also a member at the UCI OC Alliance. Let's welcome Mr. John Amador to the stage here. Thank you, Johnny. Great to be here today and uh, really appreciate this opportunity to you know, tell my story and, and also, more importantly, tell the story about the chamber. You know, what, This is really the, the reason when we initially started talking about this podcast, right, is we wanted to be able to provide an outlet in terms of, you know, that will allow us to get, you know, our word out and tell the story of the chamber and the community. And, and this definitely provides us that opportunity. So thank you so much. And it's an honor to be here today. We're glad to have you. And uh, we want to thank you for all the service that you've given, all the volunteer hours you've donated um, all these years. How many years have you been uh, the chairman of our board? So I've been chairman of the board for four years. I've been on the board for five years. Um, it was extended, obviously, because of you know COVID, and we didn't have our Estrella Awards, which we usually typically install new officers. It's been an absolutely great run. It's been an honor and privilege to be able to chair such an incredible board uh, that we have and, and the incredible work that we're doing in the community, and in particular, the business community supporting the Hispanic. I'll tell you what. We're going to get back to all of this uh, chamber fun stuff. Right. But in the meantime, we want the audience to get to know Mr. John Amador. Ooh. We know we know you're a private individual. <laughs> we know you don't like to share the goods, but uh, we want to know who is John Amador? What like tell us a little bit about your life, your family, growing up, your hobbies. Share with us a little bit about you. Who are you? All right. Yeah, so I grew up in Stockton, California, Northern California. I have four siblings. I have two brothers, twin boys, Ron and, and Julian, uh, an older sister, Debbie, and then my oldest brother, Leonard. So the twins are four years older than me, the sister eight years, and my oldest brother, Leonard, 10 years. So you grew up in a blue-collar, hard-working family. My dad was um, you know, head mechanic at Del Monte, worked extremely long hours and uh so you know from for me personally i think that's where i got the hard work ethics and and really was taught at a very young age to to put in a full effort do everything you can do it the right way my dad had a lot of sayings it was excuses are a sign of weakness if you're not going to do something right don't do it at all and so it's it's really you know those work ethics that he demonstrated that were instilled in, in myself and, and my siblings and, and has just carried on throughout my career. I had my dad that, you know, like I said, we mentioned was a blue-collar worker. My mom was a stay-at-home mom initially. She's the best mom in the world, and I know everybody says that, but 
You know, she's somebody that just loves her kids, her family, unconditionally, and, uh, you know, showed us really what love is about. You know, much like most of the Hispanic culture, right, when you think about our culture, which is beautiful, it's based off, you know, music, food, faith, and family. And so um, also, you know, kind of some of my, um, what I would call mentors were were my grandfather, uh, who's a pastor for 25 years. Two other uncles that were pastors for 25 years, and they, you know, really taught us the right way and how to live, how to treat people, and to be, you know, just good people and uh, that contributed positively in the communities. And so, you know, I think collectively all of that, the influence that I had, you know, with my grandparents, my parents, and, and the relatives, my siblings, it really brought me to who I am today. But I hear you are an advocate. Um sports boxing fan share with everybody a little bit about that love that you have where did that come from well it started i mean at a younger age i used to box and so did you grow up watching who were some of the the boxers in your days that you enjoyed well cesar chavez Cesar chavez Chavez was um hitting them in the kidneys huh yeah it was you know definitely the uh all-time favorite because you know i think again when you look at our culture, right, and it, it coincides with the Mexican Hispanic boxing culture is hardworking. Mm-hmm. They're not going to dodge opponents. They're going to whatever it takes to get the job done. That's what they're going to do. And so Julio Cesar Chavez, he never dodged anyone. He fought the best. I mean, he fought even at his, you know, at elderly stage or advanced stage in in, in boxing. You know, he fought Oscar De La Hoya. And yes, it was a great fight. It was an amazing fight. I remember yeah. it was it was um, yeah. it was really one of the first pay per view fights. I remember going to the Stockton Civic Auditorium. Yes, and uh, it was funny because it was a completely divided audience. Oh uh, yes, know, you were either every home was divided like that. By the way, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So um, and and just a you know love for a boxing. I. I follow it i try and go as many fights as i possibly can whether it's vegas or wherever it may be um especially if it's a good fight you know meaning that it's two top fighters um fighting each other which unfortunately today that doesn't always happen yes the the game has changed a lot obviously exactly the, the fight game so growing up, we know you love boxing. We know your your family were really close. How did you work your way up to become a vice president at U.S. Bank for for all of our listeners, all these young kids that are listening? That hey, I want to be in those shoes one day. How did you work your way up? How did that happen? Well, I still think it goes back to you know the work ethics that were instilled in me in in a very young age, right? And so, you know, it starts with there because I think you have to demonstrate and prove yourself to others, right? And then also, I think part of it is coming from my grandfather and my uncles that they were natural, and actually my dad as well. You know, he was a foreman at, at, at Del Monte at the time, and they were natural leaders. And so I was able to watch and observe some absolutely great leaders. And so it's, it's something, leadership is something that, to me, kind of came natural. I remember, you know, as a 16-year-old, I was coaching Little League, my nephews, I remember that, you know, I was just able to relate to the kids. And I remember one of the best compliments I've ever received in my life was another coach, a grown adult, coming up to me and asking me if there was any way I could talk to one of his, you know, one of his players because that particular player was having a lot of personal issues and thought that I could relate to them. 
and I was able to do that and kind of work things out and kind of get them back on the right path. But, you know, I think it's really the leadership qualities as well. But I would say this, um, one of the things that, you know, often we struggle with is just feeling that if we're, you know, competent and qualified, right? It's a hurdle and obstacle that many of us have to, you know, overcome. And um, I, I know, you know, it's been talked about in, in um, like different books and things of that nature in terms of, you know, what are some of the restrictions, things that restrict us from from advancing. And I think that's one of them. And it's just, you know, one of the things that I do is I work with um, the youth chamber, right? And typically I start off the year talking to them and telling them that when you enter a room and whatever you do, understand you're capable of accomplishing anything in life you're 100% into and just know that you're capable of it, right? And so believing in yourself, putting in the hard work, that's what really opens up the op- the doors and, and opportunities. And then obviously, I think sometimes we don't necessarily fully appreciate the fact that relationships are big in life. You know, I always tell people that we should, you know, develop good relationships first and foremost because it's the right thing to do. Always do things because it's the right thing to do, not necessarily expecting th- anything in return. But I will say this, in return, you know, that definitely doors op- open up as a result of that, right? Initially in my career, I would say that pretty much every door that opened, granted, you know, I had to do certain things in order to, you know, to have those doors open for me, but it also took someone taking a chance and opening up those doors for you. So, you know, just taking advantage of the opportunities that are presented to you. As a vice president of U.S. Bank, what is your role? What do you do on a daily basis or just just a brief summary what is it for for a young man a young lady listening out there that would like to someday be in this role yeah so my particular responsibility throughout my career i've been an operations manager it's something that you know came second nature for me i was able you know on on operations i'm kind of had the uh the ability to go in and identify if we had ever we had a particular uh, problem with the process or whatever I could process, re-engineer it, and, you know, address any issues that we've had. And it's always, that's something that I think fortunately for me has come natural. And so that was the majority of my career. And then about five or six years ago, I wanted to take a, you know, a little different uh, route. And so I got out of operations and I got into risk management. And so, but during this entire time, I've been, you know, vice, vice president, you know, required extensive traveling, um, you know, travel, leave on a Sunday morning, arrive on a Friday night. You know, so I essentially had Friday night and Saturday night to be home and that was it. So really wanted to take a different career path that would allow me to spend more time, you know, with family and things of that nature. And so I got into risk management. And so you think of risk management, it's really more of uh, compliance. And I know it's not a super sexy topic, <laughs> but I'll tell you. Don't uh, fall asleep on us, folks. Don't I'll be fall quick. asleep on I'll us. I'll be quick. But <laughs> what, I work on, what I work in is actually pretty cool, uh, you know, pretty cool because it's really, I work, I'm assigned to a unit out of St. Louis that is really uh, a think tank. And so they're coming up with all these new and innovative ways of doing things and uh, creating better experiences for the customer. And as a result of that, you know, implementing change very fast, right? I'm there to make sure that we do things the right way. You know, as a bank, we're heavily, heavily regulated. A lot of, uh, 
you know, different government agencies that oversee us. And so my responsibility is to make sure that we continue to do the right things while, you know, providing featured and added benefits to the customer. It seems to me that these are important. You hit some really important topics here. Operations, doing things the right way. Would you say these are some of the things you brought to the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce that you felt that, hey, maybe these are, th- these, these are ways I can uh, best help this organization because of your experience in the last four years? I do believe that there's certain... Matter of fact, I was talking to somebody yesterday and we were talking, and I was saying, hey, my term is coming to an end. Uh, it's been a great ride and a, a great experience. have a, a lot of new friends and friends that I call family. I mean, that's you know really what the chamber is about. It's, it's all of us uh, collectively uh, working together to help one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it is a, a family atmosphere. And, and so I would say that in terms of what I think I brought to the chamber... It really is about some of the things that are near and dear to my heart that are just kind of, I think, who I am, right? Which is integrity, professionalism, accountability. Um, And so, you know, I think those are things that we were able to elevate in the chamber. And, um, you know, so that's something I I consider myself, you know, to be proud of. That's great. You know, you you hit some great points. As a chairman of our board or of the board of the, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, what will you miss? Uh, we know you're still going to be involved, but what will you miss as chairman of the board? That's a good question. I knew I hit some good questions here. <laughs> and there's no yeah. right or wrong answer here. No, right. You know, I, it's, it's just, what do you feel in your, would it be the, the meetings? Like, what do you think would, would be that you miss the most? Still be involved in, you know, obviously the meetings. And sorry, I'll just fix this one more time. <laughs> sorry. And, you know, when people ask me, what is it I do? The first question I ask is, do you want to know my pay job or my non-pay job, right? Yes. And I said, I'll start with my non-pay job. My non-pay job is I'm chairman of the board of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I say non-pay because you spend so much time involved you know, with the chamber. Why? Uh, why do that? That's what well, a lot of people are asking right now that are listening. Why? Well, the chamber is something in, that I'm passionate about, um, which is really helping our community. If you go back... Five years, no, actually it was six years ago. So before I even got started with the chamber, um, just a brief story. So my company, I was looking at our corporate website and I noticed that there was a, uh, one of my colleagues that I was talking to on the phone based in Cincinnati. They were on our corporate website on the front page. And I said, hey, what's this about? You know, why are you on this front page and this and that? And they were telling me they started an employee resource group. And I said, oh, that's great. Um, tell me more about it. I really hadn't heard too much about it. And she told me it's basically, you know, a group that focuses on some of the cultural uh, differences and, and really helps promote uh, diversity and inclusion, right? Because it, it helps create that awareness of the particular culture. And so I looked at her website and I noticed that uh, we had all the various groups that were selected, right? We had um, of the minority groups, right? But, you know, a company of almost 80,000 employees, I also noticed one thing that wasn't you know, positive, because everything else I think is great, is we didn't have one Hispanic business resource group the entire company. Mm. And I thought that was odd. And I said, well, you know, it's something that I can complain about and do nothing, or I could do something about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I started uh, okay. Employee Resource Group within Orange County. After about a year, it was, you know, had successful events. And during that time, I was asked by one of our uh, community development managers at overseas Southern California 
if I'd be interested in joining, you know, the chamber as there was a, a board seat that was open. And, you know, I started, you know, asking myself, is this something that I really want to do? And, and, and I, so I did some research and I said, yes, absolutely, because I think I'm in a position now where I want to give back, and especially to our community. And I thought that this is, would be a great opportunity to do this, right? Um, so I went from, you know, starting the business resource group for a U- U.S. Bank to now being a board member of the chamber. And I think what happened after the first year, um, I think Ruben noticed I started asking a lot of questions and questions that are geared towards, you know, how do we take the chamber to the next level? Yes. And because the chamber's always done amazing things, right? Yes. But for me... Uh, I'm one of those that I don't believe in, you know, being, and not that we were, but just in general, you never want to be stagnant, right? Um, yes. Or, you know, complacent. Evolve. Yeah, is absolutely. Evolving is important. And and that's actually, you know, one of the things that in my job um, that I oversee that, you know, the risk for, it really is about that. It's it's a constant evolution of a process and improving it. And so, I mean, that's, you know, one of the things that we should look at, right? Uh, one of the things I always say is that our biggest fear should be complacency because when we become complacent, we become irrelevant. If you look back and you say, okay, you know, the creator of the first um, cell phone, right? How many years ago was that? And if they said, hey, we made it, we're going to be successful, we're going to be rich the rest of our life, they would have been out of business. Because think about it now, how many, how often do new versions of the phones come out? And a good example models? is the, the whole blockbuster story, right? How they didn't evolve, um, they didn't eventually do what Netflix was, right. and they went out of business, right? Or Hollywood Video eventually took them out of business, and then Hollywood Video get, went out of business, and Netflix, right? So there's always, I love that point that you make about evolving. If not, you become irrelevant. Right. Um, I think that's a great, great point. So what would you say to people listening on who've never been part of our Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, what would you say to them right now as far as why they should join or what they may find there? What would you say to them? One particular, um, what I'm focused on is really how we can help them, right? I mean, we do have a number of programs available to our members over the past, you know, two years. Then over the pandemic, I think the biggest program that we had that's been able to help our members is, you know, the different loans available to the government. You know, we offered those services. We had daily meetings, touch point meetings to provide our members and and those in the community with updates and what was going on and what to expect and things of that nature. Uh, we have you know, the finance program, we have the procurement program, really helping our members to become minority-owned certified, but then not only minority-owned certified, but also to match them with some of our corporate members. You, as you're well aware, I mean, we have some of our the biggest corporations as members and actually board members uh, of ours on the chamber within Orange County. What does that mean? Minority-owned certified for people that are listening. Well, it's a it's a certification uh, that we would help them become as part of. You know, it's a state certification process. The benefit of being minority-owned certified, especially when you're dealing with banks and large corporations and things of that nature. This is great information. Many, I hope everybody's really listening to this carefully. This is important. Many of those organizations, banks, you know, uh, corporations, they either have requirements or goals of fulfilling certain percentage of their overall spend, which you call it, right? Spend or contracts, mm-hmm. meaning who they do business with, okay. with minority-owned businesses. 
basically they can't just give all their business to big corporations. They have to support also smaller businesses, right? Well, it definitely is uh, small and medium-sized so, business, yes. but in particular, minority-owned minority owned. Owned exactly. businesses. And right. it could be a bigger company, but just it's minority-owned. Owned, right? a- absolutely. Okay. That's a great point you make because what would you say ballpark is the percentage at the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce between you know big corporations and small you know mid-sized businesses? What would you say the ratio is for those of people out there listening? Well, the majority is going to be small businesses. I mean, okay. granted, we do have uh, a considerable amount of corporations, okay. you know, that support what we do and believe in our cause. But you know, at the end of the day, we are here for small businesses. You know, that's why we, you know, offer different, you know, programs. Um, even, you know, obviously we have a number of events. And I don't I don't really like to say that our chamber is event-driven, right? Because events happen and they're great and we have a great time and we learn some things and we meet different people. And, and it's an opportunity for, you know, networking. and But really it's, it's about what is going to impact their business, right? What impacts the businesses are... Yes, definitely. We can refer, um, you know, some of the corporations, other small businesses, um, or clients to to our members. But you know, it's offering the the different programs that we have that is really based on everything from start, fun, or grow your business. So before we head on out, would you like to give a shout out to Bentley? <laughs> <laughs> can you share with everybody who Bentley is? <laughs> Bentley is my little puppy that. <laughs> I was told was a Chiwini is only going to be seven to nine pounds and ended up being uh, twenty five pounds. But you know he's just been a he's been a great uh, friend. He's my little my little uh, puppy. And the funny story is that I actually bought Bentley. I know maybe it's not a great story, but uh, because my mom during COVID, she was in Northern California. She was in lockdown, and she had my dog, which is Portia. Yes. And um, she wasn't willing to give Portia back to me. She took ownership. And I thought, man, this is such a, an adorable puppy. If my mom sees this puppy, she's going to want it and give me my dog back. <laughs> but I ended up getting attached to him, and here we are today. And, so. and needless to say, he was a great support system during the pandemic, right? Oh, a- absolutely. I don't know what I would have done without him. <laughs> well, listen, we want to thank you, Mr. Chairman of our board, Mr. John Amador, for being with us today. It's been a pleasure having you as our chairman of our board. I know your term is ending. I know we have a new chairman coming in. Uh, May 7th is the Stray Awards, where the new chairman will be presented, right? Absolutely. I don't know if you're allowed to say the name yet, or should we just wait till then? No, we can say it. Okay. Uh, excited to announce that Sylvia Pizarroso uh-huh. uh, will be uh, our new chairwoman. Congratulations. And so, yes. Uh, it's been a while, and I think we all know if we really want things to, to happen and move forward, Viva la it's going to take a woman. <laughs> and the great thing about it is, so that installation happens on May 7th, as you mentioned, on Saturday, and the next yes. day is Mother's Day. So it's a great way to wow. kick off Mother's Day weekend. How awesome is that? Well, thank you for being with us. I just want to touch bases real quick as we close out the show. Please visit our website at ochcc.org. Also, we have an amazing job board that's part of our Hispanic chamber of commerce so when you go to our website you'll be able to find that or you could also find it on our instagram page which is um, ochcc and there you'll be able to click on the link at the top 
and you'll be able to see uh, our events, our job board. Um, you'll also be able to connect with us on Facebook. So we invite you, the listeners, to follow us on social media. Again, we want to thank my special guest here, Mr. John Amador. Um, again, I'm your host, Mr. John Gutierrez with OC Hospice and also a board member at the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And just want to remind everybody that here at our podcast show, uh, at our community podcast show, where our community is your community. Have a good day, folks. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks for taking the time to meet our community, the Hispanic business community here in Orange County. Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center. Join us each and every week right here as we celebrate and explore the richness of this thriving community and the real stories of the real people who make it really special. Because, as we say, our community is your community.